0: Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction.
1: I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it.
0: Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which
1: is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, fearless leader and technological illiterate, Johnny Profita, the voice and soul of so-called fiction. With me, as always, my better half, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell, fresh off of an inspection of his house the day after his basement flooded. So he's having a great day, too.
0: Oh, it it started last night. And, it, uh, I, you know, I, it's a good thing that I'm used to only going to work on about two and a half to three hours of sleep because uh, there was no way I was getting any more than that today after coming home and having to deal with a flooded basement, knowing that we had the inspector coming to look at the house this afternoon.
1: Yeah, it did. The, the worst possible time for anything to happen is in the middle of the night because it's just like, oh man, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to fucking deal with this. And uh, yeah, nothing, nothing better than a flooded basement the day before you get your inspection. That is fucking classic. I'm, that, that is definitely something that will happen to me if I try to put my place on the market later this summer.
0: Luckily, the inspector was super cool about it. Like when he got here, as soon as he walked in the door, I was just like, look, I'm gonna be up front with you. Our sump pumps completely shit at, you know, took a shit on us. And the basement flooded. It's like we got. I have new pumps in. Everything has been drained out. Like mostly, it's dry, but the carpet is still damp. It's like so. You know, we're not just letting you know. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that happens." Of course, it would happen the day that I'm supposed to come look at the house. It's like yeah, yeah. At least he uh, he was really understanding and and he was really cool about it. And the inspection went really well. So and all's all's well that ends well. But man, it had. It had Stephanie pretty freaked out for the last uh better part of the day.
1: Yeah. I, I just I hate everything involved with buying and selling property, moving. It's all just the worst. I, I wish I could pay somebody to just completely do all of it for me.
0: Well, you can,
1: um, but that gets
0: ridiculously expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's actually something I've been looking into down here, getting a temporary residency. Like you can just pay some Mexican to go do all this shit for you. Like go deal with all the agencies. And it's only like a couple hundred bucks. It's like the best fucking thing ever. It's like three, $400. They will go and they will fill out all the paperwork. They will communicate with everybody. And uh, there's a, there, there's this thing that they're doing now. If your, your visa gets, um, if you overstay your visa, they'll just like pipeline you into this four-year temporary residency thing. It's pretty interesting. Um, I still Oh, like, you
0: forgot to leave? We're going to make you a temporary resident.
1: Yeah. Well, like, so it's like some people, you know, they get stuck here if they, like, um, like if they get COVID or something and they can't fly back and then they end up overstaying their visa. So it's working out for some people to get your temporary. And then I think after four years, you can apply for permanent residency. I don't know if that's, uh, I can just come and go as you please. So we'll see. Maybe I'll become a permanent resident of Mexico. I still have like four months on my visa though. So this this whole, whether or not they'll keep this program going is sort of a touch and go, I guess every day is with, especially like the Mexican government. Yeah, I mean, they don't have any plans <laughs> just like, yeah, we're doing this for a while, maybe till the end of the year. And then like the, the the rules and stuff change. This is why you got to pay somebody to fucking deal with it, to keep up with all the rules and everything like that. It's uh, it's government at its finest. At least Mexicans seem to kind of know
0: that their government is a joke, as opposed to Americans who, for the most part, seem to think it's legit for some reason.
1: Yeah, I know. Right. Where did like how did things get turned around and so fucking backwards in the U.S.? Like literally started telling government to go fuck yourself, and now it's just like bend over, give me some more. Okay, dog, come on, get out of here, Jesus! As soon as we start recording, wants to come sit in my lap or something.
0: <laughs> he just loves you, Johnny. He just wants you to pay attention to him.
1: Yeah, no, he just wants to go for a walk or eat. Or <laughs> loves it. Anyway, what's uh what's been going on? What do we got in the news to talk about? I know we got some updates. Um, have you been following the, what are we on like day eight or something of this whole truck, um, convoy freedom convoy thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going on over a week now. Um, Reed Coverdale, uh, the naturalist capitalist, he got on Fox news on Kennedy last night and talked about it and did a pretty good job. Uh, there, there are a lot of libertarian truck drivers, uh, but yeah, they, uh, the Ottawa police staged a I guess we touched on it a little bit. they staged a thing where they were going around like taking the ga- taking gas and fuel and food and stuff from from the trucker from the truckers. but apparently according to to some of them who were like boots on the ground guys there, um, mostly it was for show. like they <laughs> they came around with cameras and took some stuff and then after they got filmed taking some stuff, Then the cameras got turned off and they all disappeared because I guess maybe just maybe uh, the Mounties know better than to fuck with truck
1: drivers. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have seen reports. Yeah, they're trying to uh, they're threatening to arrest people for giving them like gasoline and supplies and stuff like that. They're, They're causing quite a fucking problem at the border. You know, people are having trouble getting across now. I know they're blocking that. Uh, there's a bridge in, in Detroit that they're blocking. And, you know, normally I have a big problem with protesters, like restricting people's movement. But, you know, when it came to like like idiots and like Black Lives Matter and stuff like laying in the street, on just like on some normal neighborhood or where people are just trying to go around or like standing in the middle of the freeway, I feel like they were completely unprovoked for the most part, like, especially like those protesters, it was a bunch of like white people like standing in the fucking highway. And like here you actually have people where like the government is aggressing against them. They are forcing them to to do something that they don't want or threatening them with, with some form of violence. And there, it's like a, a form of re- retaliation. Am I like my off base there?
0: No, I, I agree with you completely. Like the uh the problem that I always had with the with the BLM rallies was usually they devolved into a lot of violence, a lot of just completely terrible behavior. Like these these people aren't doing anything at all. Like even even with the the BLM protests that were legitimately peaceful, they still tended to trash the place and like it wasn't good. These guys are setting up a they've set up like a little community kitchen or whatever and they're feeding people and they're taking care of each other and like they're actually kind of unifying as a community and doing stuff. And that and I guarantee you it'll be like the every like Second Amendment rally that's gone on at state houses and stuff. Whenever they get ready to leave. I guarantee you they'll clean up after themselves and leave it looking better than it was when they got there.
1: (laughs) Usually the case. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I mean, like, it's amazing to look at the rhetoric that politicians have towards this type of protest versus the, the, like the ones that are racially motivated. They're, they're calling these truckers terrorists. Like this is a, a nationwide, this is another insurrection now. This is the nationwide insurrection that must be put down by like any means necessary. This is and the Canadian
0: be- January 6th.
1: Right. Yeah. And and people are like losing their minds. You know, it's like all this honking is like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. I think I was probably making fun of them on the last podcast a little bit. But it's just like these are people that wanted to make everybody's lives com- as miserable as possible. If you're not getting vaccinated, you know, make them, yeah, kick them out of restaurants. Don't let them like go to the, you know, the hospital. Don't let them get medical treatment. Don't let them go here. Don't let them go there. Don't let them do anything. Let's make their lives as miserable as possible, simply because they won't bend a knee and get vaccinated. And uh, now a little honking and a traffic jam and these people are are losing their fucking minds. And right you if you won't
0: it. if you won't get our shot then we are going to go out of our way to make sure that we impose on your life in every way possible. But if you turn that around and impose on us just a little bit that's the worst thing ever. And it's, uh, you're a terrorist. It's a violent, terroristic, racist, misogynistic, uh, what are, what other buzzwords do we need to throw in there? I, yeah. I never can't keep up with the whole list.
1: Well, I mean, if driving your truck somewhere and parking it is literal terrorism and all you have to do to get rid of these terrorists is say, okay, like you don't have, we won't forcefully inject you with this drug that we came up with. What is the other side? Like, what is what government's doing to these people right now? If one's terrorism, what's the other one? It's not governance. (laughs) Like, I know that's for a fucking fact. It it really is unbelievable. And then you see these, have you seen this video of like people trying to get in front of the trucks and like taking dives, like soccer players, like they're being run over. This is a, a, Ian Miles Chong posted this on Twitter. It's just like the... You know, the, the racially motivated things where it's like uh, the Jussie Smollett's of the world have to like fake accidents to fit their narrative. Like these are oh, this is this is terrorism. There's there's violence in the streets. And here's a truck that like inches forward less than a foot. And this guy's flailing back like he just got run over at a high speed and just lays there dead. <laughs>
0: Went like, to the uh, LeBron James school
1: of getting hit by a truck. Yes, oh God, I can't stand the NBA. I can't watch it anymore. I haven't been able to watch it for the longest time. They, they don't call traveling on anybody. <laughs> like you can just take 14 steps with the ball. The LeBron James of the world. Oh speaking of sports, the Olympics, ha- have you been paying attention to that at all? Because I don't not think any- even
0: not even a little bit.
1: I, I think it's got like the worst numbers uh, of like since I don't know. I'm having a lot of fucking technical problems here. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, the numbers for the Olympics are just abysmal. And so is the, the U.S. gold medal. The longest drought that they've had, I guess, in, since like 2009 or something. I don't know. I don't really care about it. The Winter Olympics in particular really bore me. <laughs> like, I don't know, like some guy just like going down a slide is apparently an Olympic sport now.
0: There hasn't been like any hyping for this this olympics whatsoever like usually there's usually there's some like storylines about the like winter x games uh style competitors or the men's and women's hockey teams figure skaters something and it just i don't feel like there's been any build-up to this Olympics whatsoever
1: no except for just like talk of covid restrictions and testing and mask mandates and all stuff like a COVID just took over that nobody cares about the actual events anymore it's always like what's going on with like COVID cases and the testings and I, I don't know I, I just I don't know why I thought of that but it it does seem interesting that like along with the rest of the decline of America we're we're starting to suck at all the sports now too
0: on the talking about the Olympics they pushed the summer Olympics off from 2020 to last year and in hindsight i don't remember paying attention to, to that one at all i don't remember a whole lot of hype around that one and this one hasn't had any hype or build up or lead up to it are they are they deliberately ignoring this one because it's in china and they're trying to not draw attention to some of the china problems that a lot of people have i like i Cause uh, you know, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi said, go compete and shut your mouth. Like she told the, the athletes not to, not to be talking and taking pictures while they're I there. Heard. So yeah.
1: Another, another very different message from our politicians when it comes to China versus, um, you know, like the NFL or something like that. Very interesting. The, I, I, I know they had like some like token Uyghur athlete in, in one of the events. I don't know which one it was. I saw headlines about it, but yeah, I mean, like the the human rights things going on in, in China are atrocious and they just, yeah, they just want to paint over this because, again, there's billions of dollars at stake. They, I don't know what else needs to happen for people to realize that this is always just all about fucking money and lining politicians' pockets. I have a, I have a story in the stack here today about Pfizer's expected profits in 2022 from sales of the covid vaccine and that new treatment pill that's exactly like ivermectin but different 54 billion 54 billion dollars it expects to make off of pushing these drugs on people
0: but johnny we were told that the vaccine was free how are they making so much money off of it if we get it for free that can't be right
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Everything's free. <laughs> the, the, the most expensive things are, are free when they come from the government. Um, your, your education, your uh, health care, your affordable health care. They're going to run up the cost of all of this stuff. 32 billion of its COVID-19 shots and 22 billion off its antiviral treatment pill. I can't believe they're making that much off the pill already. I haven't heard of anybody taking these pills yet. Have you? It is the Paxlovid. Paxlovid. That's the name of the It pill. It,
0: it is the hospital approved treatment. So any, yeah. uh, basically anybody who goes to the hospital with COVID at this point, that's what's getting pushed on them, uh, without fail. That's the that is the regime treatment. Uh, I could have swore it, and see, I'm going to have to fact check myself on this. So I could have swore I saw something that. Uh, was showing that it was completely ineffective and was being pulled from some places overseas because it was so ineffective. I could be wrong. It might have been a different
1: treatment. I I didn't hear that, but I I just know that like all of their fucking revenue, their, their quarterly revenue is just record high and it's shattering previous quarters. Why people can't seem to put this together. They always hide behind the veil of safety and protecting you and the children and everything like that. And then and then they just bury these articles. I mean, this article is on CNBC, you know, the, the finance network, right? They're crushing it. Fifty four billion dollars this year from just one drug or one vaccine. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, they want they want more boosters. They want to make it available to, to six month. I, I mean, what's going to happen when it gets approved for six month olds? Six months old to five. That's another probably couple hundred million dollars in their pocket. In perpetuity, if they can keep this up, that's um, it's it's always about this. That's what it's always about. It's always about how much you know money and power can the politicians get, and how much money can they take from you? <laughs> like, how do they get their hands in your pockets more? And speaking of getting your hands, getting their hands in your pockets, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about cryptocurrencies today. So we're at a pretty important um, pivotal structural point in Bitcoin, if I'm looking at the chart. And there was just this story that broke. I don't know. I don't think you saw this because we talked a little bit before we started recording. But one of like the biggest exchange hacks that happened in 2016, I think it was the largest ever, um, or at least now it's the largest recovery the largest financial seizure ever by the uh, the DOJ. They recovered 3.6 billion in stolen Bitcoin from a 2016 hack of the Bitfinex currency exchange. Now, I don't. I mean, I don't know enough about how these exchanges work, where you can hack them and steal. They apparently stole almost 120,000 Bitcoin in 2016, which at the time was worth about 71 million dollars. It's now valued over 4.5 billion. They recovered 3.6 of that. And they're pinning it on this couple, Ilya Lichtenstein and his wife Heather Morgan. They were arrested in Manhattan on Tuesday. They, fa- they face a litany of charges from conspiracy to commit money laundering to fraud the US and all sorts of like wire fraud and stuff like that cuz they had to they had to figure out how to launder all this bitcoin. I still don't really understand how they did it. Um, it's like the most complicated episode of Ozark you've ever you've ever, ever heard. But yeah, they've been they, I guess there was like a network of um, wallets and stuff that they had to like throw these things through, to try to get their money back. And they used them for all sorts of stuff, just like at Walmart to buy a $500 gift card. Um, the, the thing I find very interesting about this is, I've been seeing a lot more and more of this as, you know, the price of these cryptocurrencies goes up and up and they start to gain more mainstream appeal is that there's a less and less anonymity involved in this and if you remember back to when bitcoin was first you know created and all these cryptocurrencies like the main pitch especially from a libertarian standpoint was like oh you know like this completely decentralized you know currency that the government can't get their hands on and it's untraceable and like you can't you can do stuff and like they they can't fucking catch you doing it And none of that seems like anytime you're using technology, I feel like it leaves a footprint and they can, and they can find a way to get to it. And this is like, I mean, I don't know how they catch these people. I I don't know why you'd stay in fucking Manhattan. First of all, I'd be, I'd definitely be on an Island somewhere with my 3.6 billion, Mm -hmm. but the, um, the more I, you know, I look into these things, they're asking for all sorts, you know, social security numbers on some of these exchanges, and they want to give you tax documents and all this shit. Um, it, it certainly seems like this—it's uh, like a a predicament that cryptocurrencies are in, where they want to gain all this mainstream appeal, but so that the price goes up and more and more people adopt it, and it becomes you, you, you know. It's used a lot more, but the more they do that, the more you have to get, you get like ensconced in this bureaucratic web of shit and all this regulation. And then you have to start asking people for their social security numbers so that you can provide them with their fucking tax documents so that they can pay taxes on their gains. And the government is going to find a way to get their hands on your fucking cryptocurrencies. And, I know there are more obscure and anonymous uh, cryptocurrencies out there than like the major ones that you can use. And chances are the technology will stay ahead of the, the government, you know, for the time being. Government tends to move pretty slow on this. But man, th- this has got to scare a lot of the, um, the cryptocurrency people. I mean, I don't know how you get busted. You know How how did they catch you and your Bitcoin six, six years later? I, I don't know if these people are just idiots and they didn't know how to fucking deal with this, but they knew enough to get 120,000 Bitcoin from this exchange.
0: I guess they figure if they put in all the excessive amount of work that was necessary to, to do that, that their ass would have been covered and they didn't have to worry about it. They probably probably got sloppy at some point i mean that's that's the way everybody tends to get caught is get sloppy but um.
1: yeah but it, it just it doesn't seem like it's going to be the safe haven for um anonymity that that people were looking for Now that doesn't mean that there's no value in in you know having having cryptocurrency or using cryptocurrency i think there's a lot of uh, benefits to it, but the uh, the the charts lately have been looking pretty scary. Oh, oh, we just saw a reversal in Bitcoin too. Let me pull up this chart here real quick. You I have thirty
0: five dollars my... worth of Bitcoin. Thank you, Mark you Claire, go. and that is my entirety of my uh, crypto investment, and I have not invested anything in it since.
1: All right, so here's a, a chart of Bitcoin right now, and we've been in a pretty big downward move here. If you can actually I can draw in this we're at a massive head and shoulders pattern too. Bearish head and shoulders pattern looks kind of like this. Not going to draw it in perfectly, but that's okay. Something like that. All right, so here's the shoulders, here's the head. This is the neckline here. And usually when you break Oh wait, I got to move this up. This neckline's way too low. Uh, oh, whatever. The neckline should be right about here at about 40,000. Um, but normally the, when you break below this neckline, it's a sign that the market wants to go lower. And if we get rid of that thing there, this sort of structure level here about 41,000, 40,000, 41,000 right in here was a pretty important level. And right when we broke below that, you can see we were below it for a long time. And we sort of retraced back into this structural level level here, and we're sitting right at the swing high of about forty four thousand. It's been a nice move back up from from down to like almost thirty four thousand there, but I'd still want to see it get above and close above this swing high here at about forty four thousand. Like we closed right at it yesterday. And today it's, you know, it was down today, but it looks like it's back up and it's just sitting right there. Like the market cannot decide whether or not it's going to go higher or lower. If it gets above that and closes above that today, closes up here somewhere, that's a pretty good sign for it. If it can't break above that and close above it, I'd look for another leg down. And the way you trade these head and shoulders pattern, the distance from the top of this head to the neckline is the distance that, the market could go down to complete the pattern, which would be a pretty big move down. And um, I I don't know, the the thing, all these cryptos sort of tend to move together. And um, that's another reason why I don't like, I I don't like like, having all of them. They all just seem like if Bitcoin goes down, they all go down. If Bitcoin goes up, they all go up. Um, It's a really weird market to be in. And it's very volatile and very dangerous. So be careful with that sort of stuff. But that's sort of where we're sitting at right now. If you want to pay attention to the, the Bitcoin level there, I'd look for a close above 44,000 before you get bullish again. Otherwise, it looks like that downward trend might just continue for a while. And uh, I don't know. It, it looks like the government's going to be doing everything in their power to collect on any profits that you have from there. So maybe there's uh, somebody out there that we can get on that knows more about um, sheltering your cryptocurrency from these fucking thieves. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and Longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to Coffee and use promo code fiction so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzati, L O R, E as in Edward, N is in Nancy, Z is in Zebra, O T T I dot coffee promo code fiction, get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti dot coffee promo code fiction. All right.
0: Well, and as inflation is progressively running more and more rampant and, that doesn't look like that. I know I've seen at least a couple articles from the, the primary talking heads of mainstream media saying that inflation is going to start leveling off or, or even going in the other direction sometime in the next three or four months. I I don't, I don't like, I'm just reading these articles. There's no basis for that other than uh, wishful thinking and blowing smoke up people's asses, trying to, trying to paint sunshine and rainbows for everybody because people are so down on this administration right now. Uh, but as as the economy is in pretty severe flux like this, the government's going to do everything it can to go after all these cryptos because they've got to start making money somehow. And the only way they're going to is to, to start regulating the things that are currently kind of out of their grasp.
1: Yeah, they're they're certainly looking for more cash cows, <laughs> and they, they have almost run out of things that they can tax normally. You know, if it if it moves tax, if it doesn't move tax it twice, that old saying. Like they're they've come after just about everything, and there's there's just no way they're going to let trillions of dollars in uh, crypto transactions go unpunished. But this, I mean, this idea that inflation is going to be transitory or is going to be leveling off. And maybe go down is absolutely as ridiculous as when they were saying it was transitory. I just I have a I have another article here about Tyson Foods. Their um their their stock was up because uh, I think it was up like nine percent or something like that, because they they beat estimates or something. They're earning they had an earnings blowout. But the reason they're earn, they had an earnings blowout is because they fucking jacked their prices up. Mate like beef prices were up 32%. the quarter chicken about 20 percent pork 13. so i I mean that's your five percent inflation there according to the federal 32 percent for beef prices and i guess you just get rid of all of that um just take it out of the cpi and then you don't have an issue well
0: and a part of that is because of the since covid and coming on the tail end of covid we talked about uh grain markets a little bit i can't remember if it was last show or the show before like talking about the grain markets and kind of the way that those those ebb and flow based on supply and demand and and so on and so forth something that has happened in the wake of covid because things that the markets had kind of normalized themselves they had run extremely high especially on like the corn side of things because the u.s government was propping up subsidies for corn-based ethanol for since 2005 uh, and a lot of that has kind of leveled off or gone away. So so the market kind of came back and, and normalized itself. Well, in the wake of COVID, uh, all of that stuff has kind of, for whatever reason, followed the rest of the market trends and like spiked up. But instead of, you know, like we had talked about on that same show, I can't remember if it was last or the one before, you know, how the the market has spiked during COVID and there's really no foundation for it. Uh, the grain markets have also done the same corn and beans in particular are up higher than what they normally should be. And that is, that's driving a lot of these, uh, the chicken and the cattle and the, the pork prices up is because the grain prices are just running so high right now. And I imagine that'll, I imagine that'll level back off sometime uh, in the next year or two. And then hopefully that, hopefully once the grain prices level off, uh, because there is a larger world market that has to be taken into account for that, like a lot of the export markets aren't going to tolerate those prices long-term. So it'll, it'll balance itself back out. And then hopefully once that happens, meat prices will also balance back out. But yeah, for the time being, it's uh, pretty crazy how, how expensive stuff is getting. Which is why you should learn how to hunt and, uh, and uh, just go get your own meat.
1: Well, that, that could be a little easier said than done in some of these more metropolitan areas.
0: I mean, in Mexico, you can hunt chubacabras.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if you can find them. <laughs> um, yeah, I It's. I, I don't see any end in sight for, for any of this inflation. Um, and, and these, I mean, these meat prices... People are going to have to start really adjusting their habits here, and then you know they'll they'll just swap stuff out. They'll swap out you know the the choice beef for ground beef and the CPI or something to make it look like the levels aren't going to be a, as drastic as they are. But people know it. You know it. They can, they can only go with these lies for a certain amount of time before it just. It's so far from the, the reality that people are experiencing that uh, it, it just, you get a massive backlash. Yeah, I think we're we're about there. I, I don't know how much longer they can keep up and keep telling you that, you know, things are fine. There's uh, there's no inflation. It's, it's transitory. It's going to level off, blah, 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 blah. Uh, meanwhile, your, your price of beef is up 32% from Tyson, which is like the biggest producer of, of all of this stuff. And everything, you know, everybody's raising their prices. Uh, and Netflix raised their price, Amazon's raising their subscription price. Um, and and they're talking about raising it again before the end of the year. I mean, like it's not just in one facet of life, it, it's gonna be like a domino, like a domino effect, and you're gonna get hit with you know, 17-20 price increases in everything that you're used to buying. <sighs> so um the only other thing. Did you have a, a fact check for us today? Oh, we had uh, we had discussed
0: possibly doing some some COVID talk. Kind I'm, I'm kind of out on COVID talk personally, but yeah. <laughs> but we can. It was some of the the statistics and numbers that are around stuff. I had posted a thing uh, a week or so ago. That had it was a guy wearing a shirt and the shirt said uh, myocarditis cases in 2019 was in for for like boys was four. And then myocarditis cases for boys in 2020 was four. And then myocarditis cases for boys in 2021 was like two thousand three hundred and something. And it got fact checked. And the fact check article (laughs) stated that it was misinformation because in 2019 there were nine cases. And in 2020, there were 11 cases. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for proving me wrong. It was it was so much worse. I didn't realize the epidemic that we had on our hands in 2019 and 2020 with those nine and 11 cases as opposed to four each.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They're doing the the Lord's work there with the fact (laughs) checks. But sort of along those same lines, there was this. Uh, this interesting th- back and forth between the the pentagon and the department of defense whistleblowers that are claiming spikes in dis- all, like all sorts of diseases that they've been noticing in the military so this is just within the military after they started vaccinating everybody are they they picked an, a year a four-year period before um, the vaccine. So 2016 to 2020. Now, I'm not sure why they took those four years. I'm always a little suspicious when they, you know, when they just take like a certain period of time and, and go with that. But there's this database, uh, the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database. They, they took four years of data from that and they compared it to the first 10 months of having everybody in the military vaccinated. And the increase in levels that they saw from, in a a, a bunch of different, you know, different things, not just the normal side effects that we've heard of, you know, myocarditis or something like that from these vaccines, cases of anxiety, which, you know, I don't know if you could draw a direct correlation from the vaccine to anxiety when you're talking about people in the military, but, you know, they went from like a typical you know, a typical year would have uh, 37,000 cases or wait, hang on. This is weirded, weird, weird, worded weirdly. (laughs) Um, In just the first 10 months of the vaccination year, anxiety jumped from 37,000 typical to that of 932,000 cases. So went from about 37,000 to 932,000 cases of, Infertility, a, a bad year would have about 2,300 cases a year. In the first 10 months, they saw 10,713 cases. Esophagus cancer, would a bad year would be 39 cases. Now they had over 200 in the first 10 months. Bell's palsy, 400 cases a year on average, 1,300 cases in 10 months. Um, HIV was up about uh, from 400 cases to 2,400 cases, miscarriages. I think we might've talked about the whole, uh, the Scottish thing uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. It went from like 1,500 cases a year to 4,000 in the first 10 months. So like these are astronomical increases in the rates of these things. And really the only variable, the only thing that changed was that they started giving these soldiers the vaccine. Um, now, the Pentagon has responded to this and said that the data that they pulled wasn't any good from that database. I don't know. It's I mean, that's, like, okay.
0: that's why the uh, Department of Health and Human Services has told the hospitals that they're not going to be required to report daily COVID deaths anymore. And they're just going to go with CDC numbers because uh, COVID deaths are on the decline. So obviously the hospital numbers aren't good enough. They're going to get their numbers from the CDC, and that's those the CDC has a more accurate accounting of it than what the hospitals do. So they're just not going to have the hospitals report that daily anymore.
1: Right. And also, I saw that the uh, the Biden administration is launching a in a. Now we have a task force or like a committee or something to rejigger all these COVID hospitalization numbers that we've been harping on for the last couple of years. You know, the whole um, you were hospitalized with COVID or because of COVID, you know, if you went into the hospital for a broken arm and tested positive for COVID you were a COVID patient there. Now they don't want those numbers anymore. So in order to correct that mistake, we have to create another committee to, to look into that, and and recount all of these cases to get a more accurate depiction of the hospital cases.
0: See here, going into the summer, especially since this is a midterm election year, and Democrat support has been consistently and progressively waning over the past six to eight months. You're going to see them go back and recalculate all this stuff, and heading into the summer. As they're ramping up for the midterms, they're gonna they're gonna reverse course on all this and say that COVID wasn't as bad as we thought, and we're terribly sorry, and we're gonna open everything up and give you your lives back, and please don't vote us all out of office. It,
1: it's just so despicable, man. I, I don't know what else to to really say about it other than uh people really need to start seeing through this. I, I mean, we've been we've been talking about these these cases, these these hospitalization numbers being complete bullshit since they came out with, you know, 50% of these things might not be, might not actually be COVID cases. That was like over a year ago. And now, you know, now that they, those numbers aren't going to benefit the regime anymore. Now we're going to create a a task force to look into it and, and maybe come up with some new numbers for you.
0: And, and they'll silently change all of the numbers and not actually not not fess up to it. They'll just uh, it'll be like the what was it, the CDC report that said that like six percent of COVID deaths were actually COVID alone and that the overwhelming majority of them had a minimum of four comorbidities or some shit like that. Like but that didn't, that didn't get like mainstream run. That was just the CDC updated their website and people found it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I suppose if it gets the U S closer to ending all of this craziness, I, I I'll take it, but don't, don't forget what they did here. Uh, especially for the the next time around when they try to, pull the wool over your eyes and get you to completely change your way of life to uh to benefit them and like i said line their pockets create more power and authority and uh you know help pfizer create 54 billion dollars in profits every quarter no nothing to see there no big deal
0: oh man yeah
1: (laughs) i know i know um, of course, it's a drop in a bucket for the, the federal government. We, we did just cross over the $30 trillion mark in um, national debt, the bonded debt for anybody that cares. We we missed that sort of party last week, I think it was, but over $30 trillion and counting. So, And we did it in record time, I think in five years or something like that. So crazy, absolutely crazy how much money they're spending. But inflation, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. It's going away. Pretty See, I
0: understand why the average American doesn't, doesn't r- realize like how big these numbers are. Cause it like, it's even, even realizing it and knowing it, it's hard to wrap your head around like, like how much 30 trillion is in comparison to how much 53 yeah. billion, billion is compared yeah. to how much like a hundred million is like, you're, you're not talking about going up steps. You're talking about like jumping up mountains.
1: <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, I don't think anybody can really wrap their head around it. I've seen, you know, different comparisons, you know, like they do a time, you know, like 37 billion um, seconds versus 37 trillion seconds. And it's like, it's like 37,000 years of difference or something like it's an insane amount of time. It, it, you know, it's like the difference between like uh, cavemen and dinosaurs or something. <laughs> or not that much, but it, it's, it's drastic and it's too much for anybody to really comprehend. Um, our, our minds just cannot, it, we can't deal with numbers this big. You have to lop off like 10 digits for it to make sense to us. Like it, it, people aren't going to feel the effects of it until it starts hitting them at the grocery store, at the gas pump. Which it's starting to do, and hopefully, um, you guys have been preparing for this for the last few years as we've been warning about it. Um, I, I think I've done all I can to, to let people know that this was coming. Um, it's always hard to time it, and I guess it, I'd rather be early than late when it comes to inflation. But yeah, we got some we got some tough times ahead of us. I think, especially in in all of these markets, and uh, you know, at the pumps. At the get everything that you just normally spend your your day to day cash on, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some rough sledding going forward, and it's kind of a depressing note to end on. But
0: hey, if your freezer isn't stocked with deer meat and you're not breeding goats, don't come crying to me when you starve to death.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, we're all gonna have a big uh, big party at Justin's new place. <laughs> Eat all of his stockpile, all his chickens, his goats, and the goat still hasn't had the the baby. Right, it's just the fat goat now. Have we?
0: One of the guys that I do the morning show with, his had her goats last night. So I'm thinking we may be getting close.
1: All right, and you have names yet picked out? I I don't
0: I don't name these things. That's that's the the I have daughters for that. That's their job. <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Well, we are looking forward to that that big day. I guess we'll uh, get out of here on that because gone for almost an hour now. So anyway, um, yeah, I got nothing else. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And not this Friday, but next Friday, we will be having another happy hour. The way to get into involved with that is become a supporting listener of the show by going to PedalingFictionPodcast.com and setting up a monthly recurring donation. Those are always a lot of fun. Any denomination that you want will get you in and uh, we'll we'll shoot the breeze for a couple hours on Friday. A lot of fun, I always look forward to it. Justin's into it now too, he's gotta be. And uh, you actually stayed on later as you were saying, I think on the last episode longer than I did. So God bless you for that. If you guys can do all that for us, we will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.